You are welcome to a great moment in destiny. God is about to speak directly to you and the message coming right up is crafted by heaven not just to challenge you but to align your destiny. As you embrace divine instruction, expect that God's word is bringing about revival, healing, restoration and transformation to your entire life. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me and receive God's word through his choice vessel, Apostle Goodheart Obi Ekweme. Exodus 19 Shut up around the horses Verses 9 to 11 New Living Translation Thank you house of Judah Worship and wonders part number 2 Subtitle Consecrated for worship Consecrated for worship I'll read to you here in verses 9 to 11 from the New Living Translation, Exodus 19, 9 to 11, 1 to 3. Go, if you have it, let's read together as a family. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will come to you in a thick cloud. Moses, so the people themselves can hear me when I speak with you, then they will always trust you. Moses told the Lord what the people had said. Then the Lord told Moses, go down and prepare the people for my arrival. Consecrate them today and tomorrow and have them wash their clothing. Be sure that they are ready on the third day. For on that day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai as all the people watch. 14 and 15, Exodus 19. So Moses went down to the people. Hear this clearly. He consecrated them for worship. And they washed their clothes. He told them, get ready for the third day. And until then, abstain from having sexual intercourse. It's New Living Translation. Consecrated for worship. Our Father, we thank you for the season you've brought us into. Delicate, yet most exciting season. We're grateful to be alive at this juncture of your leadings and dealings to us as a family. I beseech you again to take a coal of fire from the altar of heaven. Not my lips and my tongue so clear that I'll come to your people with a word from the throne of grace. Help me to go beyond my study, contemplation, and memory. Help me to speak nothing but your word. Expertly, thus said the Lord, move with every man, boy and girl, from here to there, with vows always to return the praise, the glory, the honor back unto you. In Jesus' wondrous name we pray. Somebody shout a big, big amen. You may be seated in God's wonderful presence. Mm. Beloved, I'm very excited at the season God has brought us into. When the Lord begins to tell the people that he's going to teach them to worship and to lead them, to lead people to worship, it's a very... A noble task, grandiose task, but a very worthy task. I began my homily in the first service by mentioning that the subject of worship is a very critical and pivotal one in the scriptures. As a matter of fact, the entirety of the Bible is laced, interfaced with this subject of worship. Beginning from Genesis, the book opens up by seeing man created in the Garden of Eden. 
And the worship that God demanded from Adam, amongst many things, was to, not to touch the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Everything was available, but he said, this one thing, don't touch. That will be a part of your worship to me. We will see all the way into the last few pages of Revelation that the climax of human history and human endeavor is to end at the feet of Jesus, at the throne, where a community of believers with angels will simply worship God for the rest of their days. As a new heaven and the new earth is created, all we see there is worship. He said, I will make my tabernacle in your midst. I will be the temple. You have no cause to have another temple. I will come to abide in your midst. I will be the center of your worship. From Revelation, from Genesis to Revelation, we see worship all through the scriptures. In the earthly ministry of Jesus, he referenced to a very, very important scripture in Deuteronomy 6, verse 4 and 5, which he referred to as the great or the greatest commandment. Amongst all commandments, he referred to this particular one as the greatest commandment. Mark 12, 29 and 30, the Amplified Classic. And Jesus answered the first and principle, one of all commands is, Hear, O Israel, hear, O Roger, hear, O Ehitorah. The Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God out of, and with your whole heart, and out of, all of your soul, your life, and out of, with all of your mind, with your faculty of thought and your moral understanding, and out of, with all of your strength. This is the first and the principal commandment. Beloved, there's been a clarion call all through history, all through time, for a people to worship God in spirit and in truth. In the words of Jesus, in our anchor text for this season, in John 4, 23, says that the Lord seeketh, and I wonder when God who is all sufficient, all reliant, all dependent, the omnipotent God, the omniscience God, for that God to say that there's something I'm looking for, I'm interested. What is he looking for? For a people who rise up to worship God in spirit and in truth. Beloved, I pray that this great house will come to a place of qualifying to be a people that God is looking for upon the face of the earth. True worshipers. True worshipers. He said, Saul I rejected, but I found me a man called David and is described as a man who is after the heart of God. There are some who are looking for the hand of God, but there are a few, I believe, who are looking for the heart of God. May we qualify as an assembly, as a company, who really are looking for the heart of God. Worship. Bible declares in Exodus 20, as part of the Ten Commandments, as God brought them out of the land of bondage, he met with them on Mount Sinai, he descended upon that mountain and gave them the Ten Commandments. His opening charge and his opening words has to do largely with worship. His demand for his people to give him worship. Exodus 25, 
I am the Lord God, thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. Thou, oh boy, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and the fourth generation of them that hate me. Beloved, I want to remind you, just in case you're not aware, that God delivered you from bondage so you can worship him. Let me say it again. We think we're delivered from bondage to come into Canaan. But between bondage, deliverance, and Canaan, there was an encounter with God. The word God gave Moses to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. For what? So they can come to worship me in the wilderness. <laughs> Listen carefully. If you don't encounter God successfully in the wilderness, Canaan will mess you up if you get there at all. Oh, come, Malika Taba. There's something about encountering God that strengthens you and empowers you to rule and reign in your Canaan. This is what Moses said except you go with us. He said that Moses didn't want to enter Canaan. No, he wanted, but he realized that going to Canaan without God is a curse. What makes heaven heaven is God and his presence. What makes anything beautiful is because God is with you. Listen, without God in a car, that car can be a coffin. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Without God being in your house, that house can be, my God, it can be a threat to your existence. Listen, is God coming to your house that makes it a home? Oh, there are people with marble houses, 20 bedroom mansions, but they can't sleep. 10 mattresses, they can't sleep for 10 minutes. Their bed is like chuku chuku pins. House, money, cars can't rest. What am I saying? It is God in your boat that makes a difference. It's not enough to enter a Kedah without God. Moses said, except you go with me, I ain't going. These guys can go, this nigga, I ain't going. Because I realize you are the one that makes Eden my Eden, Canaan my Canaan. So I'm not going without you. Saints, worship must be our top priority. The highest place of intimacy between God and mankind is in the place of worship. Between a husband and wife, all the foreplay, all the kiss, all the hugging, all the petting, all of the nice stuff, the flower, the perfume, the fragrance, all of that leads to one thing. Bam, boom, explosion. You know what I'm saying? Forget that stuff, explosion. Get that tomorrow. Explosion is the climax. You begin from the outer court, the text, honey, I'm waiting for you. I, I, I prepared my bed, I prepared the rosy. When are you coming home? What time? I'm just waiting for you. You know, all the stuff. That, that's just outer court. You see, you can be on the outer court and never get the real deal. <laughs> I 
and there are many Christians who are stuck at the outer court. They clap, they jump, they sing, but God ain't shown you himself. No, my secrets are with them that fear me, them that love me. Only then do I reveal my secrets. Not to everybody. I may show you my act. You want miracles? You want your eyes to pop open? You want your legs to walk? I can show you that. But listen, Mo Moses, have I revealed my ways? I would choose to know the way of God and not his acts. Because the one that knows his ways can work his acts. There were people in the Bible who the Bible calls the friends of God friends of God. Moses, a friend of God. Abraham, a friend of God. David, a friend. Who are they? Worshippers. They are those who are pursuing God. Not just for his hand. They are pursuing God because they want intimacy. They want to befriend God. You know what it means to befriend somebody? When you befriend somebody, all you have is made available to your covenant friend. Ask David and Jonathan. That's covenant. So when you befriend God, you're saying, God, all you gave me is available to you. <laughs> the house, the car, the shoes, the degree, the pedigree is available. Whatever, wherever it belongs to you. I pray somebody will come to a place you recognize that naked you came to this ugly world and naked you will depart. Everything on your back belongs to God. The car that brought you or you brought belongs to God. The trinkets, the bangles, it belongs to God. Listen, he purchased you and all you thought you got. Until you make available what he gave you to worship him, he can't really trust you. He can't reveal to you his secrets. They're so far, he can walk with you. For 25 years, Abraham waited for Isaac and Isaac came your Isaac is coming uh, your amen sounds questionable uh, I, I don't know what you've been believing God for is coming weeping may endure through the night but joy is coming in the morning your Isaac is coming your source of laughter is coming hallelujah Job said, I wait all the days of my hard service until my change, your change is coming. It's a matter of time. Stay with God. They that stay with God on the winning side is a matter of time. Stick with God. God has not failed me yet. God will never fail me. God has not failed you. God will never fail. Why? He's a covenant making. He's a covenant keeping God. The covenant he makes, he's committed to what? Keeping. Psalm 89.34 He will not alter. He will not change the words he spoke. He will not break his covenant. Are there words God spoke to you? Listen. He's watching over his word to bring to pass. Don't you dare let anybody's experience change what you believe about the integrity, the veracity of God's word. His word is tried. Seven times is true. Purer than gold, tried in fire. Let God be true. Every man be a liar. He said it, he'll bring to pass. 
I pray you stick with God for the remaining five months of this year. So by the time you step into December 31, you look back to 12 months and say, my God, my God, what your mouth declared, your hand has performed. You've done me well. That will be somebody's testimony at the end of this year. Shout yes, 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 yes. He will never fail you. Revelation 4.11 says, Thou art worthy, <laughs> O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure <laughs> they are and what? Were created. You know, I want to try to emphasize a point. As a young believer, you tend to use God. Am I correct? You don't understand that? Use God. Anything you want. You know, it's like, a, it's like a, a vending machine. $10 breakthrough. $20 miracle. $30. Uh, what else? Name it. All this. Yeah. Yeah. At the LSD, that could be okay. But you see, nobody wants to be used for too long. That's why, you see, let me help you out. When you meet me for certain things and I do it, I do it, I do it. After a while, I realize I'm being used. So to help your faith, you won't hear me again. That's how I help you to grow, to fly. As a mother, you go, so you can grow and fly. Except God says, continue helping endlessly. But typically, after a while, I can see that uh, you need to grow. Well, Selah. You get our next year. <laughs> I'm throwing things in the air. Praise God. So, so God is loving and kind. He said, when you ought to be a son, you're still a child. When you ought to be teachers, you have need to be taught again. Say something all right. That means there is a season in your development where you go beyond sweet and candy and you're asking God, what is in your heart? What are the things uppermost in your heart in this day and age? He will tell you, souls, revival, my glory. Then when you pick those things, you begin to carry it as your own. That means you begin to live for something more than self. God will take care of you. No. There's nobody who serves God that goes without. No. You know without? Without. Yeah. There's no way that you're a pipe available for God to transmit his blessing through that you be dry. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. Say amen. If you're a pipe that allows a flow to pass from A to Z, you can't be dry. <laughs> you have put yourself in a way where you're constantly wet. But if you're a pipe that traps the flow, one side will be dry. Selah, 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 selah. So, in the words of Jesus, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Why? Giving empowers you to receive more. Giving extends your capacity to reach out for more without it becoming a God to you. Can I say it? What you can't lay down may become your God. Write it down to help you for tomorrow. 
what you can't lay down may become an idol. In the words of Jesus, have power to lay down. Have power to take up again. You rule over what you're able to lay down. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. So it says, we are created, that's the point I'm making now, to bring God pleasure. Not that God exists to give you pleasure. No. He will give you pleasure as his child. But he doesn't exist to give you pleasure. Oh boy. Hello somebody. I didn't say he won't give you pleasure. He'll bless you. But that's not why he exists. It's too, it's too, it's too subservient to think that God just exists to give you pleasure. Almighty God. No. As your child, your child you'll be blessed. you have pleasure. But that's not why he exists. Rather, he created you and me to worship him. So when we are not living how we are designed, we become a misfit of creation. Ah. It is said, when purpose of a thing is not known and pursued, abuse is inevitable. The word abuse is a compendium of two words, abnormal usage, abnormal usage, abuse. So it's abnormal to use this flannel handkerchief um, to what now? To eat pounded yam. It's abnormal use. It's abuse. It's not meant for that. Likewise, when we are not in the habitat of what God designed us to be, to do, which is worship, we're not at our best. We're not at our best. So we become at our best when we are doing what we are wired and created to do, to bring God pleasure. May your life, may my life, bring Abba Father pleasure. Oh boy, oh boy. May it be at the end of life's journey, when you're right old and aged and you bless your, 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 your children, your grandchildren, and you cross over into eternity, Lord Tari, that you hear a voice from the excellent glory said, Thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your father because he's well pleased with you. Your life wasn't wasted on vain pursuit, but your life was invested in God's plan and program for your life. Ah, what is the whole duty of a man? It's found in Ecclesiastes 12, 13. The whole duty of a man. Want to read from the Amplified Classic? All has been heard. The end of the matter is fear God, revere and worship him, knowing that he is, and keep his commandments, for this is the whole of man, the full, original purpose. See that word now? Original purpose of his creation. All right? The object of God's providence, the root of character, the foundation of all happiness, the adjustment to all in harmonious circumstances and conditions under the sun and the whole duty for every man. So the whole duty of a man is centered around worship. 
obedience, and loving the Father. You're created for worship. You're born again to worship Him. Worship should be our ultimate priority as it is with God in terms of what He created us to be and to do. Said in the first service, in the part A of this, that in the heavens, there are no titles in terms of evangelist, pastor, pope, deacon, doctor, lawyer, banker. Um, the one thing that matters in heaven it, it really is the worship of the majesty of God. Hmm. And as you look at the book of Revelation, as you study the activities in the throne room, you find as you draw closer to the throne, you see a heightened level of worship before the throne. Revelation 4, 8, a kiss in hand. Read your hearing. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him and they were full of eyes within. And they rest not day and night saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Wow which was, and this, and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, hear this, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying so those action and words thou art worthy O Lord to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created Apostle Paul by the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 13 says that everything will fail. Tongues will fail. Prophecies will fail. Dreams and vision will fail. They'll all vanish away. 1 Corinthians 13, 18. But the one thing that will not fail is the love of God. So love never fails. Whether they be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether they be tongues, they shall cease. Whether they be knowledge, it shall vanish away. So the one thing that will remain after all is said and done is the love of God. The love of God. Saints, worship may include a song, but worship is beyond a song. Hello, somebody? It may include a song, but it's beyond a song. And there are three elements we want to consider that have to do with worship. There could be many more, but for the sake of our teaching today, we want to look at three elements that are very, very critical and important for this subject of worship. Number one key element is obedience. Number two element is sacrifice. Number three element is consecration. Very important. Obedience, sacrifice, and consecration. Obedience speaks of the adherence to the word of the Lord, written in God's word, or his direct word or instruction giving you what is told you to do by way of instruction agreeing 
and responding to that is obedience. I said earlier, I say again, nobody can succeed at worship if you don't succeed at obedience. Obedience is part and parcel of worship. When God says, don't touch that tree, and you don't touch it, that's worship. When God says, give this, whatever it is, and you do give it, it's worship. Yeah. Mary said to the disciples in John 4, whatever Jesus tells you to do, just do it. Doing his word is a part of worship. Whoa. You can't rebel against God's instruction and think you're worshiping God. No, sir. No, man. Leave point A to point B. Doing that is worship. You're saying his word is more important to you than your feelings. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You're willing to discomfort yourself just to obey God's word. It's worship. Like God, you're exalting God's word above your logic. It's worship. <laughs> do you know the costly things God has told people to do in this lifetime? Things that are almost unimaginable, mind-boggling, painful, costly. That's worship. To live a comfortable place. To leave one country, to come somewhere else, to start work, start ministry. It doesn't make sense. It's worship. Your colleagues jeer at you, they laugh at you, they mock you. But obeying God's word is worship. You're telling God, his word makes more sense than your logic and your rational thinking. That's worship. You can't obey God, you're not worshiping him. And obedience is twofold. Obedience must be prompt obedience must be complete don't delay delayed obedience is disobedience partial obedience is disobedience mm. don't negotiate i'll do it tomorrow that's disobedience i'll give you half goat no give the whole goat are you here praise god first samuel 15 22 and someone said ah oh, yeah yeah have the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as it obeyed the voice of the Lord. Hmm. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. Is sacrifice important? Yes. But sacrifice cannot, should not, will not replace obedience. There's a place for sacrifice. Don't try to bribe God. Go to Lagos. Nah, I'll go to Cairo. And I'm going somewhere. I did it going. <laughs> give good. Uh, I'll give ticket. No. God knew that Abraham had Ishmael. But he asked for Isaac. You know, he was aware of Ishmael. Very aware. In fact, as far as I'm concerned, Ishmael is the first son. So I think it's in a good place for Abraham to say, No, God, leave Isaac alone. Let me give you Ishmael. You know what Ishmael is? Ishmael is what you and your flesh gave birth to. Oh, you, don't, you didn't get that. Maybe next year you get it. Eh? Can I help you again? I rewind. Ishmael is a product of your flesh. You may pride in it. God doesn't recognize it. So there are things, I'm sorry to say, you have produced that God doesn't know about. 
He said, give Isaac your first son. Where is this man? I don't know about this man. When it comes to, to destiny, he doesn't recognize who Ishmael. He will bless Ishmael for your sake, for your own flesh. But he doesn't. <laughs> said, I know your Lord Isaac. Bring him to Mount Moriah. Don't bring Ishmael. Don't give me a one-eyed chicken. Don't give me a half-hearted goat that you didn't treat very well at home. Give me the one you love. God knows. You can't deceive God. Play Kalu Kalu. Bring offering, you select the one you bring. Uh, God is a, a sacrifice. No, he knows what is a sacrifice. Sacri means pain. Sacri. Sacri. When you feel it, he feels it. Do you hear me? When you feel it, God knows you, 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 you have to sacrifice. So for 25 years, Abraham waited to land this Isaac. And Isaac appeared. They said, Isaac, let's have a conversation. Before I will bless you in a whole new realm, let's talk. I want to test your final test. Genesis 22. Bring Isaac to Mount Moriah. Let's have a conversation there. Kill him there. What? But he gave me this man. He said, kill him there. And you read the story. Very amazing. The next morning, he saddled his ass. I'm not sure he had time to discuss with Sarah. Can I go or not? Early in the morning, he packed Isaac, dear Lord, let's be going there. You must die this day. You know what? He believes somehow or the other, if God gave me you, I said I should kill you, you come back again to life. He was the first to believe in resurrection power. Somehow you come back to life. But I will obey, I'll kill you. But somehow, the one that gave you will bring you back to life. And guess what? On Mount Mariah, Konete Kuraga Diadabul Just as he was about to kill, in fact, he has killed him in his heart. God knew you have now killed him. He says, Stop. Now I know you love me. Now I know you fear me. God swore, say, I swear. Kondayakata. What happens when you provoke the swearings of God based on your sacrifice on the altar? Say, He swore in blessing, I will bless you. May you be led to do certain things in your life that will provoke blessings that will go beyond your generation. He swore, look at that, that in blessing I will bless thee and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore and thy seed Kondegarata, shall possess the gates of his enemies i pray that you worship god to the extent and the degree that is sacrificial enough for heaven to take note that this is beyond the line of duty you are worshiping out of sometimes discomfort, out of inconvenience, out of pain, out of the negative report, you you've made up your mind that no matter what you go through, no matter what you hear by way of report, no matter what happens in your family, in your home, in your business, listen, God is still God. God is deserving of my worship. Whether somebody goes up, somebody comes down somebody
somebody goes forward, somebody goes back. Guess what? God is still my God. You won't let circumstances regulate your worship. You won't let bad news change your clap. You won't let bad news change your dance. You won't let bad news change your faith in the immortal, in the invisible, in the all-wise God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. Heaven for his throne, earth for his footstool. That God I will worship. You believe him? I don't know. I believe him. Let God be true. Let every man be a liar. Worship. Can you worship to the way and degree you provoke? It's one blessing. He says, now I know. Can I tell you? The Lord has led me to bring certain sacrifices to the altar that are just amazing. David. But as I talk, I have bile in my tongue because the pain rises again. But you know what? I heard a kind of swan blessed day to Tony. He said to me, my son, I got your back. Run along, let's go together. Now I know you can trust me. You can trust me with your now. You can trust me with your future. It's unfortunate that too few people trust God with their future. All you see is what you can eat, your bread, your candy, your cookies. You don't know that God has far more in store. If only you can let go of your now in the place of sacrifice and worship, God will put upon you his glory. Listen, there is nothing as glorious as for God to put his hand upon your life. A million dollars cannot buy the hand of God upon a man's life. The Bible says concerning Aaron, no man takes this honor to himself, but he or she who is called by God. Please seek the good hand of God upon your life. Money can't pay for it. That when you speak, men hear. When you speak, nations sit still. That is more than being a billionaire for God to place his hand upon your life is done in worship worship obedience sacrifice consecration I wish I had time but I tell you this I tell you this consecration is a demand Write this down. Righteousness is God's gift to you. But consecration, sanctification, please listen, church, is your gift to God. Sanctification is a choice you make. He said, You come out from amongst them and be thou separate. Conda, who comes out? You come out. He will help you, but you come out. And I will be your God, you will be my people. You are the one to present your body a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God. Who is it? You are the one. 
The responsibility of a life of consecration is on you and is on me. Now the Lord is there to help you. The Holy Spirit is there. The blood is there. The word is there. It's there. The name is there. But it, you will wash yourself with the blood, with the blood, with the blood, with the blood. Second Timothy 2 Timothy 2.19 In a great house there are many vessels. 20 And it says there that if any man will purge himself that's what I'm going now. He will be a vessel prepared unto the master's use. <laughs> so there are great vessels there. Some to honor, some to dishonor. But but in my mind, I, I don't think that God just says you're honorable, you're dishonorable. I don't think so. That doesn't sound like that scripture. You have to you have to you have to tally the word with the word, right? You're, you're honorable. You're, no, I don't I don't think so. I, I want to believe that there are vessels in the house that that quote about the vessels begin to make a choice and a decision. M many are called, all are called, few chosen, few respond. So every vessel has the opportunity to become a vessel of honor. With the degree to which you sanctify yourself. Kanobala is the degree to which you become prepared to be a vessel of honor. Saints, I've got news for you. As the Lord spoke to Moses, go down from the mountain. Prepare the people day one, day two, day three. Let them be separated unto worship. Because on the third day, Kanobaga, I am coming down in their midst. Please smell it. The atmosphere over this house is changing sporadically and quickly. He said, turn, turn. I don't know what that turn is about, but he said, and turn, 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 whatever, turn, turn. But listen, the point is, we are at the verge. We are the precipice of a major turn that will bring us to his power, bring us to his glory. And anybody who is not prepared, God forbid, may just be a casualty. Ask the man called Uzzah. Uzzah was a priest but failed to, uh, to serve the Lord in due order. He tried to help the ark. Boom! Uzzah died on the spot. Ask the man called Achan. He ushataka. What am I said, hey, he said to us, prepare day one, prepare day two. He did not say, I will prepare you. No, sir. Go, Moses, let them prepare themselves. I'd be like Chris Manabi. It's okay. It's all right. I'm doing my best to shout, to shout as much as I can. Hoping and trusting somebody will hear this clarion call from the heavens. To get ready, get ready, get ready. Why? On the third day, third day may not be day three. No, day three means the day of power. Something about the number three. Three, the number for resurrection. Three, the number for the Trinity. He said, on the third day, Abraham saw the Mount Moriah, the place. Something about the third day. Consecrated for worship. When we begin to talk about worship, listen. We are touching some naked life wire. Are you here? I trust you're here. Here, first service and second service. Combine them. Say, Lord, have mercy upon my soul. I'm praying that myself. But we're going to worship. Before we worship, we want to ask the Lord to help us. Help us. Help my obedience to be complete. Grace to sacrifice. 
very importantly, I plead the blood in the place of consecration. Any spots, any blemish, any wrinkle, mercy Lord. Rise on your feet, two minutes. Talk to your God. Obedience, sacrifice, consecration. Can you ask for mercy? As I ask for mercy too. Oh, barando horses. Father Grace to offer up to you the worship that is acceptable before you. In spirit and in truth, as a family, we plead the blood upon our lives. Any area we've offended you in thought, in word, in deed, forgive us. We desire and yearn to do right. We desire to serve you. Help us. Help us. As David prayed, we pray. Set up our hearts and see if there be any iniquity. Anything that offends you, Lord will repent. Ah, separabos. Can somebody pray? Identify that thing you're struggling with. Say, Lord, help me. Help me, help me, help me, help me. As we worship, receive grace. Something about his presence that empowers, reinvigorates. As we worship, as that grace comes, let go and let go. Father, thank you for grace to worship you. You have just experienced the preaching and teaching ministry of Good Heart Obi Ekweme, lead pastor of Revival House of Glory International Church, Rogic, and the apostolic leader of the Horn of Revival Ministry, a global outreach ministry mandated to carry the torch of revival across cities and nations. If you would like to ask a question, share your prayer request or testimony or get more messages or books from Apostle Goodheart, please call or text 0805-223-4444 or email info at rogic.org. That is info at rhogic dot org. Also download the Horn of Revival Ministry app on Google Play or Apple Store to connect with a variety of quality resources including Rogic Radio and our refreshing daily devotions to take you higher in life. And for real-time ministry, you can follow Apostle Goodheart on Twitter. The handle is at Pastor Goodheart. And on Instagram, the handle is at Apostle Goodheart. Keep hearing the Word of God. It will produce intimacy with your spirit for uncommon encounters on the earth.